Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. How's everybody doing today? Good. Love it. Love the energy in the room. Thanks for being here with us today. If you haven't been with us over the past uh, three weeks, we are in the fourth and final part of a message series entitled Time Well Spent. And so we chose as we were heading into the fall season, as everyone was kind of resetting their calendars for the school year or whatever transitions are being made in your home, um, to, to think about the subject of time. And to make some very calculated decisions on how we would spend our time. Uh, First, by thinking about how time well spent looks. And so, uh, if you haven't been with us, I'm going to just give you a quick recap of the three big ideas that we've covered. But I also want to let you know that if you go to our website, at any time you can watch the uh, messages. You can watch them online, stream them. Uh, But you can also subscribe to our podcast and download those messages automatically onto your phone and catch up during the week if you're away. So we have uh, those two ways for you to kind of catch up and track with what we're doing. So to quickly recap what we've been talking about, we've been talking about time. And time is perhaps the most valuable thing that we possess. And the first thing we learned as we started this series is that we don't actually possess time. We can't actually control it. We can't store it up. We can't save it for later. Time passes us by. And in fact, the time that we have each day of our lives is a gift from God. It's really what we learned. And so in week one, we talked about this idea that the way we view time will determine the way we use it. If we think it's unlimited, if we think we're in control of it, then we'll waste lots of it. But when we realize it is a gift, every day is a gift, every moment is a gift, and that God has given it to us to use in the grand narrative that he has created, then all of a sudden our time becomes very valuable and very purposeful. In week two, um, Todd talked about how, you know, have you ever noticed there isn't enough time? Like for all the things on your agenda, for all the people that want your time, there isn't enough. And so all of a sudden, we have to begin to prioritize time. And so he had a jar with rocks and putting the most important priorities in first and then filling in the rest of the time with uh, those extra things that we all want to do, those urgent things in life. And so he said, what we do first will determine what gets done. That was all about priorities. So we, we talked about perspective. We talked about priorities. Last week, if you weren't here, we talked about Sabbath. We talked about rest. We talked about how God designed the earth that we live in, this world, so that we would have one day out of seven that was set apart, that was different than the other days. A day of rest, a time of rest in our lives that is crucial to our being able to thrive and sustain our lives going forward. So if you weren't here, you can catch up with that. So, so far throughout the series, we've talked about a lot of theology. We've really talked about how to think about time. We haven't actually talked about how to manage it. And so really, what we've learned is that time is very valuable to get from God. We've learned that uh, there are certain priorities that need to go first, and we've learned that we need to have rest time, but how does that all work? How do we put it all together in a practical way? And like I said at the outset of the series, today is going to be extremely practical. In fact, what you'll discover is that my message today is really not a sermon as much as it is a teaching on how to manage our time better. And so I want to help you with something very practical today. And someone after the first service said, it sounds like you're apologizing a lot for that. Don't apologize. Just teach the stuff. So I'm going to just teach, teach the stuff. Um, I got this quote by Gordon Hinckley. You probably haven't heard of him, but he was a um, church leader. He says this, you can't plow a field by simply turning it over in your mind. Now, we all know that. It makes sense, right? 
But so understanding that time is valuable and there has to be priorities, that's all great and it's all up here. It's in our conscious, but somehow it has to make its way onto our calendar. It has to make it out of our head and into our habits. And so today I want to talk about measuring what matters. And specifically in this case, we're talking about time because time matters a lot. And so I want to talk to you about ways we can measure it and why we would do so. And then we'll talk at the end about how to manage it. You know, um, the text that I want to share with you today is just... Um, Paul speaking about this particular subject and he says this in Ephesians 5 verse 15 he says look carefully that could be translated examine okay that's very careful looking look carefully at how you walk he says I want you to Ephesian church pathway church I want you to carefully look at how you're living your life I want you to carefully look at how you are spending your time not as unwise but as wise Making, again, here's the context, time. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. He continues by saying this, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. A couple questions. How many of you want to live life on purpose and not running from distraction to distraction? Show of hands. All right, 50%. It's pretty good. Uh, how many of you want to make the best use of your time that God gives you. So another show of hands. All right, we're up to 80. This is good. All right, we want to use our time well because otherwise, here's the thing, if we don't understand that there's a will of the Lord for us, if we don't understand that we have purpose, then our time is just like, how do we spend it? How do we waste it? I found this little picture of a cat and his schedule, right? Because if we're thinking about time management, um, you know, here's, here's the cat schedule. My day, sleep, eat, sleep, eat, cat box for half an hour. That's awesome. Uh, sleep, uh, and I mean, some days I look at my dog, and uh, we have this little, little dog named Charlie, and he uh, lays around on the couch all day, and some days I'll work from home, and I'm working on my sermon, and I'm stressed out, and I'm trying to pull ideas, and I look over, and he's just like, you know, half eye, kind of blinking, looking at me, and then every half hour, hour, he'll kind of flop over to his other side, and I'm thinking, I am so jealous right now, like, I would love to be doing that, and then I stop myself, and I go, well, no, I wouldn't, because I was designed to have a purpose, I'm designed to, to accomplish some things. That God has stuff for me to do. He has stuff for you to do, right? And that's what makes time so valuable. That's why time management becomes so important and we don't want to just waste our time. We don't want to just fill it with nonsense. We want to make sure that we're using it to the best of our ability in a way that honors God. So today, essentially, I want to talk to you about time management. My guess is you've never heard a sermon in a church about time management. I, I certainly had never. We didn't talk about it in Sunday school. When I got older, I started attending the big service. You know, they never talked about time management. Uh, it wasn't until I was in Bible college. And, you know, in Bible college, I was excited because I was training to be a pastor. And, uh, and while I was there, uh, we had these courses like uh, homiletics, the art of preaching. I was like, oh, that's exciting. We did Old Testament survey. And we even did, you know, godly uh, biblical leadership, which was great. We studied Nehemiah and studied Paul and learned how they led well in a godly way. And I, that was all very useful. And then... I remember looking at the calendar for the upcoming semester and seeing one of my courses was time management. And I thought to myself, really? What does time management have to do with ministry? I mean, I want to learn how to preach. I want to learn how to help people and and exposit the Bible. Time management? Really? And I asked myself, what does that have to do with ministry? As it turns out, everything. (laughs) There's everything to do with everything, okay? It has everything to do with everything. Unfortunately, they don't teach this stuff in school. You know, in grade school, high school. 
They just, they just, you don't learn this stuff anywhere, but time management is a significant piece of our lives if we want to live life on purpose. Now, when I said calling, some of you were thinking like pastor or working for a church, but did you know that whatever God has for you to do, his will for you is your calling? Is your calling. I mean, we're not all called to be preachers because if we were all preachers, we'd all be standing up here and nobody would be listening. All right, so we're called to do different things. Some of us are administrators. Some of us are working in hospitals. Some of us are working with kids. Some of us are are building things. Like we each have something that God has called us to do that we have at our hands to do and it's the Lord's will and we're called to do it. Now time management is going to help us to do all the things that God has called us to do effectively. Now I don't claim to be an expert on the subject. In fact, I'm actually, I was terrible at it. Now I'm okay at it. Time management was not my thing. You know, calendars are still not my thing. I use them because it's the only way for me to get what I have to get done. And so I want to share with you just a few of the lessons that I've learned. And I know that there's probably some folks in here that could, that could expand on this a lot more. But uh, the good news is that time management is a skill that you can learn. And if you learn it, and if you apply certain principles, it will bless you and benefit you as it has for me. Basically, the process is like this. You, you have to create a budget for your time. Everyone just tuned out like, budget, I hate budgets. Have you ever done a financial budget? Yeah, you ever done one of those? So fun. If you have regular income, you should have a budget for that money. Essentially, here's what a budget is. A budget is, here's all our sources of income at the top, and then here's all the expenses. And if you've done it right, everything zeroes out at the bottom because every single dollar has a name. It's going somewhere. It's on purpose, right? It's not just like $10,000 at the end of the year and you're like, I don't know where that's going. It just disappears. Like that's bad. Okay, bad financial management. All right, get a financial planner, help you walk through that. Okay. The budget, you set your income at the top, your expenses at the bottom. If you're doing it in a biblical way, you're going to have your income and then you're going to have your giving and then you're going to have your saving and then you're going to spend all the rest and it zeroes out and every dollar has a name and on purpose. When it comes to time, it's the same thing. When it comes to our time, we want to be able to say, here's how much time we have, here's where our time is going, and we're deciding and doing it on purpose. That's called time management. Now, back in July, my wife and I uh, sat down to do our own financial budget for the year, which was a lot of fun. (laughs) It was not fun. It's always tense. It's always stressful, right? Because we sit down and we go, here's our income, like, oh, wow. Uh, and then here's all the expenses and we chart them all in there and then it doesn't add up at the bottom. We're like, okay, and we start cutting and moving stuff around and we're making decisions about our money. And if, you've, if you're married, you know, making decisions about how you're going to spend your money is difficult. Here's why. Because money is connected to your values. And my wife and I have different values about how money should be spent. I like sports. I like technology. Like if I had extra money, I'm spending it there. My wife likes housewares and curtains and Ikea was mentioned earlier that was that was fantastic and and so all of a sudden there's some tension it's like okay so how is this money going to be spent and and Jesus said this he said where your treasure is there your heart will be also so where your values are your money and your heart are connected and that's why those conversations are so difficult you sit down to make a budget like how are we going to spend the money it's tough because we have differing values. And so the whole process of making a budget is, well, let's just say this. Don't create your budget on your holiday week. Okay, just learn from me. Don't do that. But I mean, there were some tense moments. But see, this is the, this is the beauty of doing it. Even though there's conflict and it's difficult to, to walk through that process, it's super healthy. 
Here's why, because we're not just, when my wife and I sit down to make a budget, we're not just, we're not just blending the money and spending it well, we're actually blending our values. We're deciding to love each other and say, I will forego this for you to have that, and you'll forego that, and so this is the process. So it's a very healthy thing to do, all right? Now also, when we're talking about time, it's the same thing. Your time is connected to your values. And as you sit down, either on your own, with a family member or spouse, to create a budget for your time can be a little bit painful up front, but the value of it is extremely important because time is our most valuable resource. We want to use it. We want to use it well. So before you make a budget for your money or your time, you know what you ought to do? You ought to take stock of where it's currently going. So step one, don't worry, there's only two steps. Step one is measure your time. I know this, this should go without saying, but measure your time. Ask yourself the question, how much of it do I have? How much time do you have? Do you know how many hours in a week you have to spend? And unlike money, money, everyone has different incomes, so we're not sure how much to spend and we've got to figure that out. But with time, we all have the same amount of time in a week. And so it's a matter of how we use it that matters. And so here's a basic formula. We'll just kind of go through it together. I know this is very basic, but I think it's helpful to think about. How many hours in a week do you have? 168 hours in a week. We'll subtract 56 hours. That's eight hours a night of sleep. Hopefully you're getting that so you can stay healthy. And then 40 hours of work leaves us with 72 hours left over to spend as we see fit. It's actually a lot of time. Some of you are going, I work more than 40 hours. Sure you do. Let me share with you some statistics. Because uh, I checked this out. Because I know what I've experienced in my own life is sometimes when I feel like I'm working infinite amount of hours, when I actually track it as not as much as I thought. The average person in the U.S. who works full-time works, um, I wrote it down, I think it was 35, 34.5 hours a week. That's the average in the U.S. Uh, Harvard Business uh, Review did this really interesting study. They found a bunch of people who claimed to work 75 hours a week. That's a lot. And they got them to track, to do a time log and track all their hours working. And in the end, those people were working an average of 50. So sometimes we think we're spending times in ways we're not. This is why it's so important to measure it. This is why when we actually begin to track our time, we begin to see things we didn't see before. So the question is this, where is my time, this valuable resource that God has given me, where is it currently going? Back to Ephesians, Paul says this, look carefully or examine how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. In other words, figure out what you are currently doing with your time. Peter Drucker, the famous um, management expert, had this quote that's often cited in leadership events. He says, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And that's certainly true with things like time and money. It's also true with weight loss. <laughs> had to throw that in just to make it even more awkward, right? If you, if you want to lose weight, you have to track your caloric intake and how many calories you're burning, intake, outtake. And so you're looking at both and you need to be taking in less than you're putting out. Did I say that right? Yeah, taking in less than you're putting out and you will lose weight. And so you, you count calories and you track it. It's the same thing with your money. If you want to save money, you have to spend less than you make. Oh, it's also simple until you try to track it. And then it becomes a little uh, more difficult. So my suggestion to you would be to find a way to measure and track your time, this precious resource. This is, this is what I use. This is totally old school. This is called, for those of you who are younger in the audience, this is called a day planner, <laughs> a.k.a. a calendar. You know, and it's this piece of paper that has dates on it, and you write in the things that you're planning to do. 
Uh, and so this was something I was introduced to over 20 years ago in my time management class in Bible college. And it was so helpful to me that I've continued to do it. And so I've got tons of these books laying around with all the history of how I've spent my time. And so basically, I, I like a week at a glance. You can get day at a glance, month at a glance. You can do this all different ways. But for me, I lay out my week and I lay out my priorities. And then what I also do is I use this to go back and track what I actually did. Because how many of you know what you plan to do and what you actually do are not always the same? And this is super helpful. So at the end of the week, I look back and I tally up how many hours I worked. And one of the reasons why I do that is because I don't want to ch- um, cheat my family. I want to make sure that I'm, I have enough time for my family. I'm not working too much, but I'm working enough. And then I can also look back at my week because I actually write down exactly what I did in each hour. I can go back and go, how much time am I spending in meetings? How much time am I spending doing things I shouldn't be doing that someone else should be doing? All of that. So it allows me to go back and analyze, am I using the time God has given me in the best way possible? So I'm using that uh, to track it. Facts are powerful, by the way. Because when my wife comes to me, and this happens on occasion, she says, hey, the kids are missing you. You haven't spent enough time with them lately. My first instinct is, yes, I have. And I start, you know, emotionally responding. And then I flip up my book. You're right. (laughs) No point arguing about feelings. I I know exactly what I've been doing, and I haven't been doing enough of that. So being able to track it brings the facts to bear on our lives. It's super, super helpful. Now, for those of you who are new school, this is new school. Phone, okay? Phone, computer, you know, some sort of digital device. Now, this is is amazing. These things can be a lifesaver. I actually use both. I load everything in here and track it all for history. And I've literally got all these books in my office. I can tell you what I did five years ago on a Wednesday in detail. And that's helpful to me uh, because I track it. But I also use this. And the amazing thing about this, about a digital device, is that you can set up reminders and notifications. Oh, those things are so helpful, especially for me because I'm a time optimist. And I'm telling you, like, back in January, my wife and I sat down and we put all, you know, anniversary and Christmas and family birthdays and all that stuff into our shared calendar with notifications. When it came to our anniversary, I had to put three of them in there. All right, I I put a notification, you can do as many as you want, one week in advance. Hey, your anniversary's coming up. Don't forget this year. And then three days, three days before the anniversary, it's like, hey, reminder, you should probably think about buying her something nice. And then the morning of, it's like, hey, hope you didn't blow it. That's just that last minute, like, scramble around reminder. So this year, I nailed it. But that was because I set up those reminders. So super, super helpful. The other thing that's amazing about digital devices is that you can share your calendars and information, right? So if I add something to my calendar, immediately it pops up on my wife's phone, and she sends me a text going, what did you just book? You know, and so there's that accountability and we can see uh, what each other's doing and that's super, super helpful. So those are the, those are the, the really uh, advantageous parts of this. But you know what I found about this? I never go back and fill in what I actually did with my time. So I don't actually get a, a track record, a good history of how I used my time. The other thing I've noticed about this is that when I go back and look at a year, la- a year later, I look back on my calendar, it's all empty because there were you know, automatic calendars and other people's stuff and it all disappeared and now I don't know what I did. So I do both. I'm old school, new school. I must be a Gen Xer, which I think I am. So, so I'm kind of mixing both of them. But the idea is here that you want to have a system to track the facts. Some of you are like, I've never heard a sermon like this. I know, but you need a system. You need a system to track the actual facts. You know, 
We, we often kind of keep track of our work time and some of those big pieces, but then our personal time, we just have no idea how we spend it. I've discovered a few things. Number one, if you go home at night and you turn on Netflix and you're just watching a show, relaxing, that's cool, got to relax sometime. Did you know that you can log into the administration part of your account and you can look at your viewing history? It's really, really encouraging, maybe. <laughs> when you log in there and you, you say you look at the last month and you go, how much time did I spend slash waste, depending what you're watching, I guess. Uh, it was a documentary. It was a feeding my mind. And so you got, you're looking back and... And you can literally look at how many shows and what you did with that time. That, that might say something. It might reveal something to you. If you use your phone a lot uh, for apps and games and social media, things like that, if you go into um, the settings on your phone, and I believe this works on both Apple and Android, if you go into the settings on your phone and you click on the battery, you can look at your battery usage for a day and for a week, at least you can on my phone, and you can, it'll show you exactly to the minute, to the hour, how much time you're spending on each app which is really, really helpful when you're talking about discovering where your time went. It's like, I don't, I don't know what I did on my phone this week. And you're like, holy smoke, 12 hours of Instagram? What was I doing, right? And so it's amazing when you begin to take a look and take stock of what your time is being used for. Super helpful. Because before you go making a plan for how amazing you're going to use your next week, you might want to discover where your time went last week, right? So the first thing you want to do is measure. You want to measure what matters, and your time matters, so I want to take some form of a measurement. Now that you know what you're doing with your time, where it's all been going, the next step is to plan your time, right? To decide where it's going to go. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord for your life should be the determining factor for how you plan to spend your next week. Now, if I were to sit down with any of you individually and say, what's the will of the Lord for your life? You might go, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a preacher. You know, if I change the conversation to say, are there things this week that God would have you do? Well, yeah, I, th- I think he would want me to, to open up my Bible and to pray. Okay, that's important. I think he would want me to spend time with my loved ones and let them know I love them. Okay, put that on your calendar too. Hey, I think God would want me to give something back to serve, to help to do things for others. Okay, well, let's make those things a priority. So you, you really do know the will of the Lord in some sense. And so to begin as you look at the week ahead, to begin to create your plan, you can plan in the will of the Lord in some way, shape, or form. What is a plan? Plan is simply determining in advance how you will spend your time. This is where things get interesting. Because, as we've been talking about over the past number of weeks, we talked about priorities. What are the things that are most important? Well, here's the question. How do you prioritize them and put them on your schedule? And this is where things will look different for everyone. You may use different tools, but I want to demonstrate for you and show you some slides that I created that I hope will help you to understand at least how I think about it. Uh, Back in Bible college when I took this time management course that I didn't think I needed, um, the aha moment for me was the visual way in which um, the, the professor outlined time. See, I'm a visual person. You ask me what's happening on October 4th. I have no clue, but I can picture my calendar for next week and all the blocks and kids' sports and events and meetings. I can picture it all in my mind. I'm very visual. Maybe some of you are visual, and this visual aid that I'm going to show you will help you as you plan your time. Sometimes I'll tell my wife, she'll say, oh, do you know so-and-so? I'll say, oh, is that the person with the big ears? 
Everyone's like, who, is that me? No, no. There's nothing wrong with that big ears. I just, I notice things. I, I notice shapes and, and visual things. And so, so this is how I work. And so this was super helpful for me. When I saw this, all of a sudden it put time into a new context for me. So I want to, I want to show it to you. Um, you throw up that first slide. Uh, so this is basically a week at a glance. This is how I like to do things. Of course, you can do it however you want. Uh, Monday through Sunday, and it shows uh, 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. So we'll assume the eight hours that aren't on the screen are sleeping hours that we've already discussed. And so basically what we want to do is we approach, let's say this coming week is an empty blank slate for you. How do I fill in this time? How does the will of the Lord end up on my calendar? How do I take the things that are supposed to be highest priority for me and make sure that they go first before all of the cares and troubles of my week choke it out? Well, let's throw up the first priority. Uh, Sleep and work. Sleep is already kind of there. Um, I've got this block of work. It's kind of like your average nine to five job. Now I realize that's not the case for many people in here. But we're still talking about the same, hopefully the same number of hours. If you have 40 hours of work, it's just really easy to see it all in one block. The time surrounding work is basically the time that you have left to manage. I mean, you got to show up to work. You got to sleep at night. So now the rest of that time is what you get to work with. So here's a question before we throw the next slide up. What do you think should be the first thing that you should schedule? Everyone's scared to say something. What do you think? Time with God's a great answer. Throw it up on the board. Rest. In case you weren't here last week. Uh, Included in the Ten Commandments for a reason. Rest. And here's the reason why rest needs to go first. Because it's the first thing that will drop when things get busy. Am I the only one? God says on the seventh day you shall rest. You will take a Sabbath, set a time aside that is holy to the Lord. Now, it doesn't have to be a Sunday. You can choose to rest in other ways. You can go back and listen to last week's message about rest, okay? Rest is extremely important. Now, this is, you know, a lot of people who work in nine to five, Monday to Friday might, um, might take Sunday as their day of rest. For me, I'm a pastor. I work all day Sunday. It's a busy day for me. I take Fridays as my day of rest. Uh, I also got an evening there of rest. This is something that we've tried to do as a family. Um, that would look like for us like a family night. And it's a time when there's no sports, there's no anything else, and we just like play a board game or watch a movie or just go for a walk together as a family because that's super important for us to kind of connect in the middle of the week. So that, this would basically be you know, how you would block it out. So the next priority would be Davis has mentioned this one already. Relationship with God, super, super important. So again, this is going in before anything else gets, gets put in. So let's say, for example, you do morning devotions, and so you have time set aside, the first half hour of your day, sitting with a coffee, your Bible, praying. That's a great foundational thing for your life. And so that goes across. Church is also blocked in there, right? That's part of your relationship with God, is learning about him, communing with others, and that's also part of many people's day of rest. It's part of that worship day, and so those are kind of overlaid over top of that. So, okay, now we've got those two priorities in order, and let's go to the next priority. Relationship with people. All right, now again, this will look different for everybody, but I got a date night on there, and again, if I don't block a date night on there, guess what? Date night don't happen, right? And even when I do block it on there, it still don't happen sometimes, okay? So date night goes on there. There's some certain nights we know we're going to be able to sit down and have a family meal together. Maybe a Saturday morning breakfast is part of your tradition. And then on Sunday, again, as part of your day of rest, it might be having a meal with family and just being together. Like that's part of rest and part of Sabbath. So you can kind of see how some of these things begin to overlay. All right, next, I think we have uh, maintenance. And unfortunately, I did them in light gray, 
and you can't see any of them, so it's not helpful at all. But there's a whole bunch of blocks in there. So you got laundry to do, you got dishes, you got car maintenance, you got to put the, the winter tires on the car. That's your only reminder I'm going to give you. You got to do that. And, and then there are all kinds of things that you have to do, packing lunches, whatever it is. So you block all these things in that have to get done. And so you just imagine a whole bunch of gray blocks in there. Super, super great. Um, so we get that in place because that has to get done. And then next we have health. And I know some of you are probably thinking, well, health should be higher. Maybe if I had it higher in my priorities, I would look better than this. But uh, health, all right, so I got, I got a couple walks in there over lunch hour. I've got a couple workouts or whatever. So maybe something like that um, gets put in there. Now notice all this is in there before like everybody starts asking you for your time. Like, hey, I'm moving again on Thursday night and I need you. Like, oh no, I got a life group because that's part of my community. I've committed to that. All right, so we're moving down. We've got one more, I think. I think there's one more. Leisure and hobbies. And so there's some, some gaps there that you can fill in and add some leisure and hobbies. I don't, you can't see them either. I don't know. Anyway, the idea is that most of this is all filled with colored blocks. There are some spaces and you have to have a margin, right? If, you've, if you book every hour of your week, you're going to run into trouble because something's going to go wrong. Something's going to take longer. Uh, you know what I discovered as I was um, preparing for this is that, you know, when it comes to money, there are spenders and savers. Usually you know who you are. Usually a spender marries a saver just to make life more interesting. And when it comes to time, there are time optimists and time pessimists. And usually they end up marrying each other too. Right? The time optimist says, oh, there's, we can fit all that in. No problem. It'll only take five minutes. Everything just takes five minutes for a time optimist. Oh, we can throw three more things in on the way to that really important event that we end up being late to. And the time pessimist, and I'm the optimist in my marriage, the time pessimist, that would be my wife, uh, she likes to be earlier than early to everything. <laughs> got a couple time pessimists in the crowd. And it's like, okay, we got a plan. We're going to be there in plenty of time. If, if we run out of gas on the way, no problem. We've got enough time. We can get gas because my pessimist husband didn't fill it up because he was squeezing three more things into his last errand run, right? So the calendar, building margin, building all these things into your calendar will make a massive difference in your life. So I hope, that, I hope that image that I showed you is helpful. That's how, I, that's how I like to process it. Regardless of how you do it, you should know where your time is going. Time shouldn't just be disappearing. And you ought to know, you ought to have a plan for where it's going to go. And things will change, sure. You need to be flexible. Yeah, things are going to happen. But if you don't have a plan, I guarantee you, you will waste more time than you could ever imagine. I, I want to close this out uh, by sharing with you one more passage of scripture, which which at first glance seems to be saying the exact opposite of everything I've been telling you. Uh, but I think, I think on, upon careful examination, we'll see something else. James, the brother of Jesus, writes this in his letter about time. He says in verse 13 of chapter 4, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. This is like Psalm 90 where we started the series. Your life is short. You're like grass that pops up and is gone the next day. Just short, brief, insignificant. He's like, you think you and your plan, your agenda are so important. He's like, you don't even know if you have tomorrow. And then he says this in verse 15. Instead, you ought to say. Instead of building out this massive plan for your future and being like, here's all the things I'm going to do, he says, instead of that, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. He's not saying don't have a plan. 
He's saying have a plan and make sure God is in it. Make sure there's room for God in it. Make sure that he's leading you in it. Make sure that your plan is surrendered to him. He says, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. You think you're in control of time because you now have a day planner like Pastor Nathan. He says, no, 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 no. Right? All such boasting is evil. And then here's the kicker. Verse 17 really tells us where he's going with this context. He says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. He's saying, you can't use a full calendar as an excuse for not doing the will of the Lord. I don't have any time to help anyone else, God. I'm too busy. Have you seen my daytime? And he's like, I gave you control of your time. You better use it right. You say, God, you know, it's not my fault. He says, oh yeah, I've given you time. You know my will. Do it. Use it wisely. God is not buying that. And so, I say all that to say, it is in our hands to take the valuable, precious minutes, hours, and days that God gives us and to use them for his will, to use them for his glory, not to waste them or squander them. And so I hope this, this series, I hope this idea, this calendar thing that I've shown you is helpful to someone. Maybe it will change your life like it has for me. Can we pray together? Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.